Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections, starting off week three of this series. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We're presented by John Boy Media. And Justin, we got two guys who are not necessarily slated as starters, but I think two guys who will have decent roles on this team, Dion Lewis and Ryan Connolly. How you doing, my man? Bobby Skinner, hello. This is the third week, the start of the third week of our PPP player profile preview, player profile and projections, however you want to say it, series. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're also up on YouTube, which is really, really cool. I put all the PPPs in like a 2020 PPP playlist. So if you're behind, or even if you're on the podcast app, if you're behind, binge it, binge us, and also go listen to our, our Stapleton interview, which was a lot of fun last Friday. So we have a lot of content to binge if you're behind. We've been putting out content every day. We'll have, we'll have the Ross Cockrell episode out tomorrow. Can we start calling them pew pew pews instead of PPPs? PPPs doesn't sound good if I just call them pew pew pews. I like that because I've always wondered if anybody gets really disturbed by saying PPP because there, there's P-P-P. two P's in it. I wonder P-P-P. if anybody just gets uncomfy. I by do P-P. get a little uncomfy. Uncomfy. All right, let's get into it though. <laughs> Dion Lewis. Justin, he's five foot eight, 195 pounds. He'll be 30 years old when the season starts. In 2011, he was drafted in the fifth round with the 149th overall pick. Signed with the Giants this offseason on a one-year, $1.5 million deal. What do you got on the cat? Yeah, so my little fun fact about Deion Lewis, it's not really about his personal life, but in terms of his football career and how his, I think, rise in New England came about, I think that's very interesting because you look at his pro football reference page, 2015, 2016, 2017, those were the years that he was pretty prominent with New England. But his playing career goes back to 2012. He was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. So he played nine games with the Eagles, a total of 60 offensive snaps, and uh, a little bit of special teams as well. But then in 2013, he's traded to the Cleveland Browns. He fractures his fibula, so he misses the entire 2013 season. Then he's cut. Then Indianapolis signs him, but they release him in September so he doesn't play at all throughout the 2014 season. And then New England signs him to like a futures reserves deal. So 2013-2014, he doesn't play the game of football. And then here comes New England and they make all these smart, you know, conniving and these cutting moves where they just find players wherever. They found Deion Lewis uh, and he's had a pretty darn good NFL career since then for for a running back. Um, and they signed him and he's had, like I said, he's had a good career. He even played with Tennessee last couple years as well. Glad he's on the Giants, Bobby. Let's actually get to him before we get too nitty gritty into him. Yeah, let's look at some stats. Last year. He had 54 carries, 209 yards, one touchdown, 3.9 yards per carry, 25 catches for 160 yards. The year before, he had 155 carries, 517 yards, and a touchdown, 3.3 yards per carry, 59 carry or 59 catches, 400 yards, a touchdown on 88% catch rate, which is good. What got him that contract in Tennessee in 2017? He had 180 carries for 900 yards, six touchdowns, well, five years, five yards per carry. That's how he got that contract in Tennessee. Justin, so the run game, the stats are not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a backup, you need to be hitting four yards per carry minimum. He was under that these last two years. So the running yards are not good. So, But I went and watched some film because, you know, Gallman, that's been my complaint about him. It's like he can't even crack four yards uh, per carry. He doesn't know how to do anything besides just hit a hole, and he does, he's not shifty at all, at least to me. 
you go watch Gallman, and he's a very shifty pl- like player. He breaks tackles, Justin. In fact, Lewis. I looked. Or, or yeah, Dion Lewis. In 2018, Justin, I looked. He was 15th in the NFL in broken tackles, and there was only one guy ahead of the, of him on the list who had less carries than him. And most of them had like 80, 90 carry, uh, carries more than him. So he breaks a bunch of tackles in diverse ways, where it's a juke, a spin, and sometimes the little guy will run through people. So that was uh, intriguing. And you go look at like Derrick Henry's stats where he had the most yards after contact. Like you think about that Titans team as a run team. And honestly, Derrick Henry had to do a lot of it on his own because of how many times he had to break tackles and get yards. So that Tennessee offensive line wasn't stellar for them. Like their no. yards before contact were were in like the 1.4 range. They weren't very good. Um, so he he's shifty. And that's what we need out of our backup running back is someone who can just be a playmaker, not someone who's going to, you know, come and be a bruiser or anything. You just need a playmaker, which Gallman really wasn't. You're actually kind of spot on about that, uh, about the offensive line about Tennessee, because if you look in the alley rankings, the adjusted line yards on football outsiders, those rankings basically try to measure offensive line production and they're kind of middle, middle of the pack. And I, can I just say these last couple episodes of PPPs, you're bringing in like, these at not not just like looking at volume stats, but like broken tackles, depth of target. You even well, it was really with Patrick Graham that you brought in the depth of target stat. I'm yes. feeling threatened. I'm feeling threatened with your ability to bring in these analytics right now, Bob. I told you, like people feel like, oh, Bobby's anti analytics. Like, no, I'm just I'm just pro film. I like analytics, uh, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to learn analytics more and more, okay? Because it, it'd be ignorant of me to just be like, analytics, PFF. Like, just because I hate PFF doesn't mean I hate analytics. But that broken that broken tackle stat is huge, and that's not something that I knew. Now, I think one of the reasons why, well, if you're asking, well, why 2018 and why not the rest of his years? Well, 2018, it was kind of an exception for Deion Lewis because he saw he 100 more 60, carries, too. He, yes, he had 61% of the team's offensive snaps he was on the field for, 600 snaps he was on the field for. There was only one other year besides that year, which was 2017, which he was on the field for more than 400 snaps. And then even 2019, he was on the field for more than 350 snaps. Bobby, I'm projecting Deion Lewis to be around th- maybe 250 to 300 snaps at most for this Giants team this year. And why I like this signing is you're kind of high on him in his ability to run the ball. You know, he's shifty, um, he's elusive, he can I'm do... I'm more he, high on him in the receiving game than the running well, game. Uh, I, well, I agree. You you did say, now you have the right to change your mind because we watched more film and we had an offseason to actually digest. You did say after we initially signed him that you were more excited about him in the running game than the receiving game. No, which, I said the opposite. No, I thought you... I swear I to, have my first tweet. I don't like the run numbers. No, I'm, uh, I don't dislike him in the run but I like him more in the receiving game, especially when you yeah. put him and Saquon on the field at the same time. And I think that's obvious. I think that's obvious that you like him more in the receiving game compared to the running game. But if you're if you're saying, and I know a lot of people like Wayne Gallman, so if you're saying, well, how is this guy any different than Wayne Gallman besides what he can do catching the ball? Well, it's because of what he can do with catching the ball because he actually has a clearly defined role as this team's number two running back instead of, okay, we're just going to find some Joe Schmo to back up Saquon Barkley, and whenever he's in the game, he's just going to do, and he's going to do whatever. When Deion Lewis is actually in the game, Bobby, in 2020, we're going to be expecting him to fill a role 
and to do a pretty solid job at filling that role, not just being a number two backup to Saquon Barkley. Does that does that make sense in how he's different than Wayne Gallman? He can make plays where Wayne Gallman didn't make plays. All he did was one cut and go, which is fine, you know, I guess. But Wayne Gallman was not a playmaker. So yeah, I agree with you. He can he knows how to break tackles. He's and he does it in diverse ways, whether it's a juke, whether it's a spin, whether it's a little shimmy. Like he does it in diverse ways, and like you said in the receiving game, that's where he can uh, make plays. Justin, he he started one game last year. I went and looked at those stats. He had 15 carries for 68 yards, four and a half yards per carry. A lot better than Wayne Gallman's uh, one game, even though he had two touchdowns. He didn't play well. Like he didn't play. Wayne Gallman didn't play well in that game, and he fumbled, and he had a catch for 19 yards in that game. So, um, listen, he's a guy who's gotten r- yards after the catch. Uh, yards after contact in the run game. Oh yeah, like yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Deion Lewis as this number two running back, and I think there's a like you said, there's people that like Gallman. To me, it's not it's not a battle. The battle for me is for running back three. It it really comes down to role. I know I talk about role. I talked about role with Golden Tate. I talked about role with Sterling Shepard, especially when we're talking about an offense. Guys are filling a role. It's not just about having superstars on this Giants offense. Like, you know, let's just say when we had Odell Beckham Jr. a couple years ago. It's about how can good to average solid football players, what can what role can they provide for a team that is most beneficial for this group? And Deion Lewis is one of those guys that can do that pass-catching role perfectly. You mentioned his yards after the catch. He averages around eight yards after the catch per reception. And why it's partially so high, it's because, and I like this stat, Bobby, you know, his depth of target has been in the negatives the last two years. He's catching the ball. And I was going to say, ca- I was like, what? I was like, he's, he, I was like, he barely averages eight yards per catch. Yeah, because he's catching the ball in the backfield, which, in a way, I, I don't mind that. You know, Saquon Barkley, different story. You don't want him to just be a dump-off guy. But also, I even rewatched that 2018 game where Tennessee played Philadelphia. If you remember that game, which I, don't, I, won't, I won't blame you if you do, but if you have some time, go look up the highlights to that game because that was just a crazy game. I believe the Tennessee was down by multiple scores. Mariota brought him back. They went to overtime, and then with 10 seconds left in overtime, Mariota throws like a, 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 not a, not a Hail Mary, but he throws a jump ball in the back of the end zone, and a Tennessee receiver comes down with it, and they win the game. It was a wild game. I remember game. that game. Corey Davis but, had that catch. Yes, Deion Lewis balled out that game though. He had a, you know, I think he had seven catches and, and seven catches on seven targets. Again, broken tackles. Uh, he caught some screens. So, and I, what, what you did see is that Derrick Henry and him would be on the field at the same time in almost like this pistol formation. Now, I guess Bobby, that's my, that's my next question. We can talk about it as podcasters about, oh, how cool would it be if Deion Lewis and Saquon Barkley are on the field at the same time? I don't really know if that's realistic. If that's something that that Garrett's gonna do. I guess we would need to see if Tony Pollard and Elliott were on the field at the same time, no? I guess we should have done that before the show. We should have just acted like we knew that. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's cool. some split back stuff. It makes too much sense <laughs> to not have them on the field at certain times. Even if you put Deion Lewis out as a wide receiver, because that they would they would do that in Tennessee as well. Or put Saquon just... as a wide receiver and Lewis yes. as the running back. Yes, and then you because have these Because one of the Jones' big issues was that he, he didn't go to Saquon often enough you know where it's like by the time he came back to Saquon there really wasn't a play there to be made so you put Saquon a wide receiver then uh then you can do some different things all right I mean you got anything else on the cat yeah I I do want to say one thing about this kind of opens up more or less the screen game we do know that (laughs) Eli Manning was abysmal 
throwing screens, and this not even opens up just running back screens and halfback screens. It opens up wide receiver screens if you're putting Barkley out there or if you're putting Deion Lewis out there. Um, one of the things about Pat Shermer is that I feel like he didn't throw enough screens and that those are just easy. Those can, you know, those can be easy four or five yard gains if you execute it correctly. And that's all quick intermediate stuff. So Deion Lewis, good signing. It opens up a lot of possibilities, but just may not get the snap counts. You know, and, and and he may only get like 30, 25% of the snaps. And I'm kind of fine with that. All right, let's take a break and move on to defense. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin, let's talk about Ryan Connolly, the con man. Six foot two, 242 pounds, 24 years old. Was picked in the 2019 draft with the 143rd overall pick in the fifth round. Justin, we only got to see four games of the kid. It was exciting, and then we lost him to, to a torn ACL. What do you got on him? Uh, Ryan Conley is is quite the romantic. He got engaged in February, and he engaged to his girlfriend. I believe her name is Sydney. Yes, her name is Sydney. And in New York City, with like a beautiful building in the background, it almost looks like the 30 Rock building. There was uh, candles all over the roof. It was on a rooftop. It was beautiful. So Ryan Conley, quite the romantic, and he's also suffering from male pattern baldness at the age of 24. You don't have to be romantic to do like a big engagement. You have to to be romantic. You have to do that consistently. Um, but I'm willing to bet that he is. You got inside sources. <laughs> yes, my heart. Let's talk about the con man, <laughs> Justin. He played in four games. He started three games at Buffalo. Tampa Bay, and Washington. He had 20 tackles, two tackles for a loss, a sack, and two interceptions. If you take his game started at a 16-game rate, it's 96 tackles. I'm not going to do the 16-game rate, eight interceptions. Um, obviously, that's that's not realistic. Sure. Um, but the tackles one is realistic. He was averaging six tackles per start. That goes to 96 tackles on the season. Justin? When you watched him in Wisconsin, you saw the exact same things you saw with the Giants. And it was a question, like, does he have this confidence when it goes to the NFL? And he did. And what it was, Justin, was one, instincts. My man knows where the ball's going. He sniffs out a, uh, a counter play. He sniffs out a play action. He knows where the ball's going. And on top of that, he does it faster than any Giants linebacker I can remember in, in, in my lifetime. I cannot remember a Giants linebacker who was as fast and agile as Ryan Connolly. I mean, you see the way he dips through holes and stuff like that. It's unbelievable. And he has the reaction time with instincts where even if he makes a mistake at first, he'll get he'll get back into the right spot. He scrapes over the top on outside plays. And it sets up the other linebacker to be successful because then he can fill in stuff. And, you know, maybe he doesn't make a tackle on a play, but he forces a, a, a running back out of the hole and a defensive lineman makes that play. I mean, it's fun to watch. His speed, his agility, matched with his instincts and aggressiveness, it's so fun to watch at the linebacker spot. We haven't seen anything like that, I don't think, in this century. Antonio Pierce, the best inside linebacker of the 21st century for the Giants, we didn't see that kind of stuff out of Antonio Pierce. Now, his issue is that he's not that strong. So when he does get engaged, or if it's a goal line play, he can get knocked back. That is his weakness, is his strength. And I just don't know how the torn ACL is going to affect all this, Justin. I want to, I kind of just want to see him, like, if he can go out there and fly, start him. 
if he's looking out there and he's struggling and he doesn't have that same thing, then that's the then that becomes like this guy we're super excited to, about to maybe next year or maybe it just never happens ever. Yeah, you're ready for me to repeat the same thing I've repeated on this podcast five times. Uh, fantasy football data, you're coming off of a torn ACL. Your best productivity is not one year removed from your torn ACL. It's two years removed from your torn ACL. So we've seen that with guys like Dalvin Cook. We even saw it with guys like Marcus Golden, who was the second year removed from his torn ACL. I think we even saw it with AP a couple years back too. So... The expectations for Conley, now that doesn't say to temper your expectations about Conley, but I think, hey, get really excited for Ryan Conley in 2021. Um, but Bobby, I I almost wanted to stop you, and you're like, all right, you're really the last decade, this is like the linebacker, the Giants linebacker that you've gotten the most excited about watching him. But then I remembered John Beeson uh, towards the, like the literally the final year of his career, and then I remembered uh, Jonathan Casillas, and then I remembered our good friend Alec Ogletree, friend of the program, not really. And I'm like, okay, I, I guess I guess you're kind of spot on. I'll t- I'll take your word for it that you were that excited over Ryan Conley, and it was and it was warranted. It's just when you watch him do that stuff, and it's not like he's just now. There's times where he does like overplay something because of his aggressiveness, which I'm fine with. Like I could, I will take that every day of the week over somebody who plays very passive, and the only time he gets a tackle is five yards back. David Mayo. Um I will take that any day um, because it just it causes havoc on offenses where he just dips his head and he just causes havoc. Um, he can make a play from the backside. It's it's crazy when you see it. Like when you saw it at Wisconsin, you're like, does this translate to the NFL? This speed, and you'd see him like play man coverage against a, a running back that was fast, and like, oh wow, he's he's step for step with that guy. It's just it's speed, man, and that's why I look for in linebackers nowadays. It's speed. And aggressiveness, and that's what Ryan Connolly has. Like, I mean, there's really no one else out there like that on that's we've seen as a New York Giant. Combine measurements. He ran a four six six. It's actually crazy, Bobby, because David Mar- uh, Blake Martinez runs a four six six. Conley ran a four six six. So I guess is this one of those examples where the forty yard you know, dash is not the same as playing linebacker. You know that's what well, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. It's one of those examples where the forty yard dash doesn't do what the film says justice. Right. Um, let's talk about his role. Yeah. He's someone who struck. Uh, I th- I feel like not having a preseason hurts. You know, because we're gonna see him in preseason. See how he looks out there. Um, obviously they can do as much as they can in practice but it's just not the same as game reps. I want him to be the number two inside linebacker. How I would attack week one, Justin, and this is coming from a fan point of view, not Joe Judge, is I would give him reps, see how he looks, and if he looks like he's fine, then start him over David Mayo next to Blake Martinez. And he's a perfect guy to go with Blake Martinez who kind of makes the right play, plays a smart, plays gap, where Connolly could come in and just cause havoc. Yeah, you would think that it would be a good balance between Martinez and Conley because Conley is the one that's being a bit more aggressive. Martinez is the one who's being a bit more patient most of the time, being that smart, high IQ football player. You certainly hope. You, I can see and I can envision, uh, you know, week one, week two, especially going against Shanahan's Shanahan's uh, offense, Bobby. Where I think what you saw out of Blake Martinez when he went up against Shanahan's offense is he was really overthinking things. Whereas, if we have Mayo and Martinez going up against Shanahan's offense week two, and they're being very passive and they're waiting for things to come to them, 
that's going to be very disastrous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would rather have Ryan Conley playing with his instincts, running around, trying to make plays, trying to dive for some ankles, um, for, for some running backs' ankles. I would rather have that than, I think, just patience, 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 conservative, conservative, conservative from Mayo and Martinez. So, And while he does um, play like a yeah. wild man, it's not total chaos, you know? It's not yeah. like we're... You're just like, okay, we can just take advantage of this guy's aggressive aggressiveness. Where he he follows his keys. Like he just reads those keys if a guard is pulling or something, and he he like processes them way quicker than anybody else. Like, listen, I don't I, I feel like we're talking about this guy like he's gonna be all pro. I think he's got a great role as a starting linebacker for a long time. Um, we'll see how much the strength comes into play. Because they're, I mean, like I remember Frank Gore just ran him over, and then when a guard gets on him, he he like can drive him back five yards or so. The strength is what stops him from being like the guy. You know what I'm saying? But the speed and agility is just nuts, man. It is so fun to watch, and I haven't seen a Giants linebacker play like that in forever. Has at least two years to develop that strength. Uh, while Martinez is on the team, that Martinez signing is basically a contract is basically a two year contract. Um, so I'm excited, but Bobby, where I think, especially if Patrick Graham feels like he only has one capable inside linebacker this year, let's just say he's not really feeling like Ryan Conley is having the same explosiveness that he had last year. And we're still not feeling awesome about, um, David Mayo, especially on third downs. And I, this has been something that I've harped on over and over this off season, maybe even second downs. We're going to see one interior linebacker on the field. Do not be surprised. I think that's where the league is trending. It's And Bob, you've even talked about before just about the devalu- devaluation of interior linebackers. You know that, I think that's the one time where you really harp on positional value is when looking at the value of interior linebackers. It, it's, I, they're valuable, but it's not as valuable as it used to be. So I think the I elite guys be, are extremely valuable, yeah. but I feel like those guys are hard to come by. Like, that's why yeah. when, with Blake Martinez, like, people are like, oh, Blake Martinez sucks. It's like, no, Blake Martinez doesn't suck. But I didn't, I wasn't a fan of his, Littleton, Schober. Like, I wasn't a fan of any of those guys, like, of giving any of those guys big money. Granted, Blake Martinez, like you said, it's essentially a two year deal. But I feel like the top guys are huge. Like, Luke Keekley, you know, Patrick Willis, those, Ray Lewis, those guys are total defense changers. Yeah. But Wagner, I just feel like yeah. the middle ground isn't great in the inside linebacker position. Yeah. So we hope Conley continues to develop. Um, it just may come at the ex- – I mean, well, no, let me say this. The snap count just may not be that high this year. It may not be as high as a starting number two interior linebacker because, number one, he may not be ready. And, number two, Patrick Graham just may choose to run his defense where he wants to be rolling out three safeties on the field at the same time. And this also goes into the versatility of McKinney, Peppers, and a love as well. So that may inhibit Ryan Conley being on the field as much as we think this year. But also, I feel like if because we do have those options, Bobby, if Ryan Conley is on the field and he is getting a decent amount of snaps, that means the coaching staff feels really good about where he is, and then we feel really good about where we should feel really good about where he is. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's definitely one of those guys where week one we're gonna get a, a lot clearer like idea of who he is this season. All right, that's the show. We appreciate you guys for listening. Ross Cockrell episode tomorrow. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.